What's up, what's up? You're kicking it with Cornelius and Courtney. And I'm so excited about today's episode. So excited. I think this is probably going to be my best one yet. Um, This one is talking about us getting married at 19. You excited for this one, babe? We'll see how it goes. See how it goes. <laughs> I'm excited about it because I feel like it's something we could talk about well over 30 minutes, even though that's where we're going to keep it at. So a little bit of backstory for those who don't know or haven't listened to the previous episodes yet, which you should, by the way. Um, me and Cornelius got married at 19 years old and on the other episode, we talk about a little bit about how we dated and how we got engaged. But at 19, when we got married immediately, he had to go back to Iraq. He was in the military at this time and I was living with my mom and then you were gone, what, four months? I think it was four, April. And then you came back in like August. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go like four months, yeah, four or five right. months, right. and yeah. then we moved to me and um, Deanna. She was six six months at this time. Yeah. We moved to North Carolina where he was at. So, bam, that's where we started at, 19, married. What does that look like for us? I'll let you start. Uh, a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. A lot of... Um learning to do on all the aspects finances family kids yeah you know it's a lot having a family that differs from being single mm-hmm. and taking care of things on your own why don't we like talk about that for like one second before we just keep going on about the difference between you you know you're a young handsome marine I'll give it to you. Damn, <laughs> well, you ain't that young no more. Now it's like everybody else is the babies. But yeah. you was only 19 years old. So now you're coming in. You get the opportunity to live somewhere. You got complete freedom. You're not at your mom's house. Like I said, handsome, you know, dating, going out to bam. Now you're married with a kid. When did that reality hit you? Did you think about that before we got married? Yeah. I mean, I thought about it. Like, I, I went to clubs when I, when I was younger, but clubs were never really my seen like <clears throat> I think when I first joined the military um you know I have freedom obviously like you was talking about but like it just kind of like you know work back to the barracks and then I was trying to find something to do mm-hmm. feel me so like that's why I went to clubs really out of boredom not because I enjoyed it mm-hmm. and um like I, I don't know I guess like it hit me quick being in the military, like trying to date um, people. I, I always had a question in my mind if people was, you know, in this area was trying to like holler at me because you was in the military. they assumed I was in the military. Because mm-hmm. I never told nobody I was in the military. Right. Uh, but it's like, well, what, you, you just don't know. You get what I'm saying? And uh, from the stories I heard, man, people on military bases, they know you pay your schedule better than you do because you're still trying to figure it out. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I, I never could really understand if people were genuine or if they weren't genuine. Or maybe they were. Mm. But my own mind wouldn't allow me to to accept that. So you feel like you didn't like necessarily have that security and you was kind of bored with being single anyway? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> well, yeah. And no, like, 
so I think like I've always knew I wanted to be married. Mm. You know what I mean? Based off my own childhood issues. And um after, you know, dating it's like I realized just a like a system. You know what I mean? You got the introductory phase, you know, then you start to get comfortable phase, then you have a little bit of issues and then like it just kept repeating itself and I, uh, constant cycle. Yeah, it was boring. Yeah. I think for me I had I don't I don't know. For me I think I was never the kid who was like wanted a Cinderella moment, if that makes sense. Or who was like, Oh man, I wanna get married so bad but with you, I don't know. I was just like, that's the first time I had even ever thought, like, this man going to be my husband. We was having a conversation, and he was, like, talking about his five- or ten-year goals, I think it was, on that paper. And it was, like, buy a house, like, have a wife, buy my mama house. And then he would ask me questions about, like, the college fund for the baby at the time. And it was just so different from anything that I had, like, ever seen from a dude. And I just knew, like, I knew that he was going to be my husband. I think I told him before he had came that I had something to tell him because I was going to tell him that. I just knew he yeah, was supposed to be my husband. Um, so I think for me, when we transitioned into husband and wife, I don't think it really, like, I ever, even to this day, I don't think I've ever had a moment where it, it hit me, like, oh, my gosh, I'm married with, like, four kids. Well, sometimes it does when I'm, like, driving my minivan going to soccer practice. <laughs> but you know what I mean? As far as, like, being married, I don't think I've ever had a moment where... It was like, and, and honestly, I'll say I've never had a moment where I wished I was single. Now, it's a difference. I know y'all going to be like, what? It's a difference because we'll get there. We did have moments where I wanted a divorce. But that's the difference between, like, man, I wish I was single. Like, want to do what single people do or hang out. I like the idea of having a family. I always have. I think we both kind of have that in, in the same. Yeah. So, that's the backstory. So, we're there. We're married. And we're 19, and immediately, I'm talking about 24 to 48 hours in, it goes from being lovey-dovey to already arguing about stupid stuff. I'm talking about quickly. So, for those people who, like, get married, and they say, like, they have that long time where they have, like, that honeymoon phase, we didn't have that. We were arguing about dumb stuff, like, from the from the get-go. Some stuff, honestly, I can't even remember the argument, what it was about. I just remember that was a time in our marriage where we argued a whole bunch. What I will say, too, on that is, like, I realize now being a little bit older, Mm -hmm. just a little bit, is that when you look back, you're taking two different people with two different backgrounds, and our backgrounds are completely polar polar opposites. Mm -hmm. And then you talk about childhood traumas and all these other factors, and you're trying to smush that into one like one one area and then you expect people to just get along mm-hmm. and i like you know obviously i wasn't taught about all of the stuff like that but like i think that's where most of it come from you know i was running from my own past and insecurities and other issues and as a man it was hard to accept that because it was always told you got to be strong don't show weakness and all this other stuff so like you know uh running just happened to be something i was just good at you know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, a lot of... And then I was coming back from Iraq at the time, and, you know, um, would, this would be more in-depth on a different podcast, but, you know, having uh, PTSD and other, you know, issues that I was dealing with then at the time that I didn't want to accept. and all Right, I, think, I was going to say that you didn't even know you had at the time. Yeah, I think all of that stuff bleeds over into our mm-hmm. relationship not flowing the way it was supposed to. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I and I would agree about the background thing heavily because I came from I never saw my um mom and my stepdad argue. Like that's not to say they didn't argue, but I'm telling you I never saw it. And my husband came from never really did you have any example of the positive positive marriage? No. No examples. So he came from not having any examples of what a positive marriage really really looked like. Um so I was like, we shouldn't be arguing. Immediately, even when we disagree, our things just wasn't like fairy tale like, then I felt like something was wrong. And then he felt like I was making everything a big deal. You know what I mean? Because it's like, well, I'm not I'm not hitting you and I'm not calling you a bitch and I'm not disrespecting you to that level, but I'm like, Yeah, but you're still doing this and this affecting me this way. I hope that makes sense what I'm saying. And so from there, I felt like we just kept butting heads and we continued to butt heads for years. And in the midst of this, we had another baby when um, our Deanna was one and then another baby when that baby was one. No, they got a bigger gap, 18 18 months. Yeah. So uh, like I said, so at that time we had two kids. And now one thing I will say is that uh, no matter what, we really grew into learning the importance of like, your kids don't need to hear everything, but there are some things your kids need to see. And we keep that, like, healthy balance right in there. And that's not even with, like, arguing. That's with, like, um, showing passion and showing affection towards your spouse. Like, of course, your kids don't need to see every everything, but they do need to see a kiss here or there. They do need to see affection and healthy signs of what that looks like. And sometimes they do need to see, like, Oh, like mommy just rolled her eyes or daddy just said this. You know what I mean? They need to see like how that gets resolved and how we keep moving forward as a family. So I think that's an important thing to learn early on. But I will say before you get married, I, I'm an advocate now. I didn't think about it then that you should get therapy before you get married. A hundred percent. You agree? 100%. Okay. Yeah. Individually and, and together. Mm-hmm. So I think. So, you know, they talk about, like, the uh, cycle of habit and, you know, roughly 18 to 254 days. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, by the time you get ready to get married, you've lived life for uh, whatever amount of years. For us, it was 18 going on 19. Mm-hmm. And, um, or no, 19 going on 20. So when you think about, you know, that's entire life, you know, and now all of a sudden you're trying to shift and change that overnight. So when you talk about doing therapy in advance, I got this ain't like a one two session thing. This may be something that needs to take place for over six months to a year. Yeah. And I do want to just say, like, while we're talking about therapy, it's not lost on me that some people like cannot afford to go to like a professional therapist. However, therapy can be from like mentors in your life. You know, good mentors, right, in your life that you could ask to sit down and talk to you about different things. This can be anything from, like, your parents to an aunt or uncle, or if you want somebody unbiased, like, um, you know, if if you go to church, you got pastors. So there's different ways to get the information that you need. Um, Nowadays, they even have, like, online-type therapy things. Yeah, YouTube. YouTube, right. They even have YouTube. There you go. They have different series. That's completely free. But those conversations should be had because I feel like sometimes you take, like you said, those two people from two different backgrounds, you put it together and it just didn't work. Yeah, a family is bigger than just, you know, two people that agree for the partnership. I mean, you got to think about, like, 
and talk about, hey, do you want kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, what age do you want kids? Yeah. Um, you know, what does financial stability look like for you? What is, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's a whole bunch of, I mean, we didn't know this at the time, but now. Yeah, but you know what? We kind of did because yeah. some conversations we did have, we talked about um how many kids we wanted. I wanted six. <laughs> he wanted one. So we settled at three. <laughs> yeah. That was like our, our agreement. Um, I could have totally had six, by the way. Totally. Mm-hmm. But he told uh Um, So back to the story. I feel like those agreements just have to be clear. And you can't be pushing and pulling somebody out outside of what they're comfortable with mm-hmm. on any aspect. Mm-hmm. And then you got to also think at 19 years old, we were still learning ourselves. Yeah. You feel what I'm we saying? Now, we learning. both we both left the house at 17, right? Yeah, well, eight, as soon as I turned 18. Okay, so I, I left at 17. Oh, well, yeah, I was turning 18. Mm-hmm. So let's say about 18 years old. So really, we only had a year and a half of independence before we got married. Right, right. You know, going on two years. So, like, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot of, it's a, a big learning curve. Mm-hmm. And I think, I'm going to put, that'll be a fun thing to put down in the comments, like some questions that you could ask pre-relationship or pre. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that reminds me, which reminds me, um, we went to a party, and this lady was saying that she has a list. She has a list of things that, like, are her minimum standard that she gives the dudes before she even, like, uh, thinks about even going on a date with them. Yeah, so, it's like a interview, yeah, like questionnaire. Yeah, so I think like I don't know. You could tell me if you think that's crazy, but I think it's a good no, idea to sense. do that before you even get married because it's important that you like the person, the person likes you, obviously, but that they check off the boxes in those important places. Because I feel like sometimes people know and then they just turn their head because they never even had a conversation. You know what I mean? Like, one wants a kid, the other one doesn't want a kid. So you keep avoiding it. So you keep avoiding it, right. And then, I don't know, how would you think that you would deal with something like that if you, before you get married? To be honest with you, I feel like no matter how much in love you think you are, well, one of these conversations should be happening before you get that in-depth in the relationship. Mm -hmm. But if you already are, and then you're just now trying to figure out how to have these conversations, you got to make a decision. It's better to to pull the bandage off and let it hurt now temporarily, and then you're able to move on and find that success of life and love later on. Yeah. Or you got to ask yourself, what are you willing to sacrifice? And if you are willing to sacrifice something, how is that going to make you feel knowing five years down the road that you sacrificed it? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that we was always big on even early on. Um, and we'll do a separate episode on what it's like being in the military as well. Um, but what happens is that about every three years you get transitioned to a new state, a new duty station is what we call it. So even early on, I think one of the things that we did really, really well in our marriage is that I don't think the military ever came in between our marriage to no, this day, no, to nah. this day. <laughs> like I'm pretty, I'm pretty freaking proud of that. Cause I hear so it's many. It's always family first. For, like I, I choose my family over a job or any other thing like that. Like I, I, so I truly believe success is in the person, not in what, in what you do. Now, the military is a great opportunity, you know, for stepping stone. And, and if you use it right, right, mm-hmm. it, it does provide a lot of advantages for yourself and family. But like at the end of the day, same way we were successful at this, we'll be successful at anything else. So, mm-hmm. uh, no. Mm-mm. So that that's one thing that I can say that we did really well is we had communication on that on that level when it came to 
even down to like he would say where do you want to live like i might get deployed or i might go here but like at least we could go somewhere that you want to go and that was just crazy to me because i hear so many stories where it's just like the wife is just like yeah he just came home and told me we're going here like no consideration for you know how that person feels or anything like that and I think when you make, not even the military, but I'll transition in, it back in, yeah. in any relationship, I feel like when you're making big moves like that, it is important to bring that person in to see how that person feels. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, quitting a job, like, that affects your whole household, not just you. Right. So that should probably be a conversation with your person before you just decide that you just want to up and walk out of a job. Because ultimately, that's probably going to come back up in a conversation. Yeah. I mean, like, when, 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 so, you know, we talk about like being 19 and what we looked like at 19 versus what we looked like at 21 was different. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And what mm-hmm. we looked like at 25 was different. What we looked like at 30 was different. What we look like different. now is different. Yeah. And that's what's hard too, because I'm trying to do this, uh, I'm trying to do this episode on how my mindset was back yeah. at 19, but it's hard because I feel like I'm giving advice based off of how I think now at 33. No. Yeah. And it's always <laughs> easy. Is uh, I think it's. I personally think it's always easier to have that hindsight. Yeah, but you're not in the emotion. You're not living in it at the time. Right, and I think that's a good thing because now for the podcasters who are listening, who are in that age, yeah, y'all or are newly in relationship. Are newly in a relationship at any age? Now y'all are hearing us say what we would have done differently and what we did right that really worked yeah. for us. Yeah. Do you think that uh, we that we should have waited? Mm. That's a tough one. I I I I don't I don't. I'm yes and no on that. Mm-hmm. You know me. For some reason, I can never just give a simple answer. Mm-hmm. But n- no, because like the love and all the experiences on the good aspects, like mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed. And I really love being with you. You feel what I'm saying? Like I think we have a really good thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, because I think like there were some areas that maturity was just lacking. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And and to minimize some issues, um, you know, growth had to have occurred in those areas. I think for me, the answer is going to always be no. Um, I don't wish that I would have waited. Now, would I advise our girls at 19 to get married? Heck no. You know what I mean? So it kind of might sound like I'm contradicting myself. but Heck, I, no. heck no, I wouldn't. I'd be like, baby... Go to college or start your own business. Or see, I'm the opposite. What, you would advise I, them too? I, I feel like if they think they're ready, you know how I am. Like, your life, your choice. Okay, if they ask me my opinion, let me say that. Because you are right. We are the type of parents who, if you happy and that's what makes you happy, then we're going to support you. Not saying I wouldn't support it. But if you ask me, Mom, do you think I should get married right now at 19? I would say no. I would say live your life. I would say do whatever. But for us, I feel like it works. And I feel like the older that we get, the more that I'm happy as hell that we had our kids young. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but we we agreed on that too, though. Like, we want, we both, I think that's what helped. Mm -hmm. We both wanted similar things out of life. Yeah, because we both had said that we wanted to have them young. I see my kid, my friends now having kids, and I'm like, oh, 
like they're you know they started businesses yeah. and you know they did, went into real estate did different things I'm saying and got real successful in their career and then now I guess it makes sense that now they want to have the kids but I'm like man I can't imagine being pregnant right now at 33. See I always <laughs> thought well I didn't I never thought we would go through some of the financial hardships we did but mm-hmm. I would rather have gone through those financial hardships while the kids were young mm-hmm. and they won't remember that crap. Yes. You feel what I'm saying? Yes. And while we were still young enough to... Cause, so for me, I always wanted kids young. You know, I wanted the kids at a close age, you know, apart from each other. Mm-hmm. This way, we still young enough to get up and travel on the later half of our life when we are far more financially secure. Like, th- that's kind of how I, I always looked at it. I never wanted to have, like, this big career and establish all of that stuff first, then build a family. Mm-hmm. I wanted uh, growth to all be together yeah i agree and i always say that too i i tell myself like if no one deserves like what's getting ready to happen in our life more than both of us do right and that's because we went through everything together and we always say that like if it didn't work it would be so awkward trying to date because you don't know if that person is with you for finances or what that person is with you for but you know that this person like got out the mud with you like this person really struggled with you and went through everything so I think it's beauty. I think it's beauty I in agree. that. Yeah. And that was what I was saying too about me being in the military, like that fear of like, you know how like people just think you're in the military, they think you're rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it don't always work like that. You feel me? But like, right. it's just, I think it's more so the stability and the benefits, right? And then people chase after that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to be cautious. I don't see plenty of times like people get with somebody in the military just because, you know, X, Y, Z, and then six months later they divorce mm-hmm. a year later they divorce and speaking of divorce it's some pretty high statistics about divorce that i wanted to share so first the u.s has the fourth highest diverse divorce rate in any country right 44 percent of mar- first marriages in divorce 60 percent of second marriages in divorce and 73 percent of third marriages in divorce now are those statistics just the u.s those are just U.S. Statistics. So if you think about the military on top of that, double that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's insane. And because, I mean, you got to think about the stressors. Mm-hmm. You got deployments, you got constant rotations, you got field operations, you got all these other things that's occurring. Hold on, you got to say it like in, in terms yeah, that everybody so, else understand. You, you move every three years. Training. Right. Deplo- deployments, high, high training, training cycles, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, and the job itself is stressful. Mm-hmm. Being in the military can be very stressful. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, I don't want to like like stigmatize and say everyone in the military has PTSD because that's absolutely not true. Yeah, no. But some relationships you throw PTSD on top of that, and then you throw in the fact that the person is now moved away from their family, so you don't have that family that support, support on either side, yeah. and you either love or hate your duty station. You either love or hate your duty station where you're living at the moment. So. I agree. It's probably double with the military. It's probably double. Why do you think that that is, though, that you see that slow climb? The first marriage, it has a high statistic, and then it goes higher and higher and higher each time you get a divorce and get remarried again. I feel like people, ironically enough, in my personal opinion, people are willing to try to fight through it the first time. And after that, it's like, you know, bump it. <laughs> and that's what I think. I don't know. I could be completely <laughs> wrong, but like... That could be true. Like... You got a lower tolerance. Yeah, you you, you, you getting older. <laughs> I never thought about you know that. You know what you want. And when yeah. you see the signs, it's like, <laughs> man, bump that. Yeah, I, you know, I never thought about that. That's that's probably true. Whereas when you're younger, you can hang in there a little bit more and deal with some things. 
<laughs> I never thought about that. I always thought it was because, um, how do I say it? I guess if you get divorced and you think that it's all the other person's fault and you don't evaluate mm. what you did wrong and what you brought to the table that was toxic to the relationship. Yeah, that's also true. Then you can take it right into the second relationship and then still not address the fact that you have some things you got to work on. Or in conjunction with that, you get divorced. Now you're vulnerable. You're all sad and emotional. Somebody else come along, come to you, and then now you're falling on what you think is love, but it's really not. You're just vulnerable. Right. And then now when you wake up from that vulnerability, it's like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's important, like, back to what we were saying about communication, that at any level in any marriage, if you are to that level where you do want a divorce, like, that can honestly be a conversation. It doesn't have to be... You ain't got to be crazy about it. It doesn't have to be crazy. Because I think sometimes, like, um, what we did, I'll share this, is we always waited. It was never like one of us served the other with divorce papers or something like that. It was always like, here are the papers. We had time to kind of sit on it and think on it. And in that time of reflection, then it was always like one of us would be the one to be like, no, nah, we can't, we can't do this. Yeah. I mean, we got to the point we, we, we say, you know, we'll have that conversation, you mm-hmm. know, an argument or whatever. I say, all right, cool. Bump it. Print the papers out. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Boom. We print the papers out. All right. Now let's fill it out together because, you know, biggest thing for us is the kids. Mm-hmm. You feel me? That was always a section where we hated it. I'm not willing to not be with my kids. I just have so much trauma from that alone. So when he said he not will not be with his kids, lady, let let me just like put this into perspective for y'all. What he means is how usually the woman gets the kids and then the dad no, gets we the ain't weekends. Doing that. He tells me that It'd he the gets opposite. the kids and I will get the weekends. Yeah, we ain't doing that. Which that wouldn't work for me. So essentially, that's like saying if we were to get divorced, then we might as well live right next door. To next each door other. together or in the same house. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Now we say that jokingly, but we we not. We, let's clarify this too, right? We didn't stay together for kids. Mm-hmm. That 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 we would have worked that out, right? Uh, because wait, 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 wait. Wait, you stay with me for kids? I didn't stay with you oh, for. Lord. I didn't stay with you for the kids, but I would be lying if I didn't say that they were a fact, a factor in the ultimate decision at times. You you always say no. It was never a factor. For yeah, me. but for me, I feel like I feel like as a mom, like everything just always has to like revolve around them first and my husband always says like that's not true like you know you got to have your own life outside of kids especially they they got to be independent but you know it's like that mommy bear thing where like everything always revolves around them you still packing lunches and stuff when they 13 years old y'all know what i'm talking about so i feel like for me like for instance with like it was sometimes we would want to argue and didn't argue because what the kids was right there you get what I'm saying? So they affect factor and that's not arguing. Well, yeah. I mean, that's maturity as well, though, which means a conversation didn't need to happen anyway. Right. But, you know, back to what you were saying about signing the divorce papers, yeah. and I was saying that's the section that always fucked us up because it's like when we got to the kids section, it's like who wants full custody, who wants... Like, you start dividing all this stuff, and then you realize, like, yeah. none of that stuff makes sense, all because we can't get along. You get that's what I'm really saying? What, yeah. yeah. That's really what it comes down to. So, like... When we would do all of that, then we would, like, think about it. And it's like, what I would think about it. What does my life look like? Like, do I want that life? Shoot. Do I want that life? And even now, it's times where, like, I just tell my husband, like, 
thank you so much because like when I don't feel good, I can rest. If I'm sleepy, I take a nap. Like it's no pressure on me to be or do anything except for whatever the hell I want to do. That's just honesty. So I always tell him thank you for that because I feel like you get what I'm saying. And also all y'all single parents out there. Mad love, man. Yeah. Because that's, yes. that's a lot of goddamn on work. It's yeah. a lot of work because you, you plan a mama, the daddy, the daddy, the mama, you know, mm-hmm. the disciplinary, the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The other one? Um, like the nurturer. The nurturer. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing everything on top of trying to get that money. Yeah. You feel me? And yeah. they're sick. You know, like, it's man, that's a lot. And if that's you and you are dating or newly in a relationship... Yeah. Remember that list we talked about? Like, yep. does that person check out that list? And if they don't, like, don't try to squeeze a diamond into, like, a square. Don't try to make it something that is not. Yeah. Uh, I, personal, don't ever sacrifice your kids for a relationship. Mm. That's just for me. Like, like I, you talk about, if, you know, we ever thought about being single, like, if we were single or whatnot. Like, mm-hmm. when we was doing the divorce paperwork stuff, I was thinking to myself, like, I'll be dang. If I let a a, a, a a woman be like, oh, I don't like your kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you ain't got to be here. But, right. they, but they will. Matter of fact, like, I, I don't think I would ever really truly introduce somebody to the kids because it ain't. I said that too. Why? You feel me? They got a mama. So, like, I don't know. I just, you know, like, when we talk about that, like, we really think about it. Like, we, we was upset and was going to get divorced. But I don't think we truly wanted to be apart from each other anyway. No, I would, in my head, I would always think about what that life looked like. I really would. And I would think about every aspect of that life, like the good times, the bad times. And I know it sounds cheesy, but the bad times are going to come. I figured it was better to go through the bad times with the man that I love. Yeah, They're going to come I made a checklist. Uh, we, on our recruiting duty, we call it a T-chart. Mm-hmm. And a T-chart is like you're wearing the positives and the negatives, pros and cons. Did you really? Yeah. I believe that. You like so analytical. Yeah, so that's what I did. And then though there were less cons, mm-hmm. I always assessed the cons to see if the weight of the con outweighed mm. all of the positives. You mm-hmm. feel what I'm saying? And it didn't it never came close. So like that's how I made my decision. What so what advice would you give to men right now who are like young and married, right? Since that's what this specific episode is about. What advice would you give to them? Anything? Man, number one thing I'll say for the fellas, uh, women too, is find an accountability partner. That's what my father-in-law told me. Find an accountability partner. That's somebody that, like, you know what I'm saying, before you make a stupid decision on finances, on, you know, relationship, on anything, have somebody that you can pick the phone up, hit them up, and be like, yo, this kind of the situation, what's going on, you help keep me straight. Or that could even be your 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 partner, you mm. feel me? But you gotta have an accountability partner because when your mind get to racing, who 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 to help you balance out that? You mm. feel me? And if you ain't strong enough, or you may have a weakness at a moment, and you know the other side may win. So find yourself an accountability partner. I truly think that by doing that, most issues will be resolved. But not somebody who's gonna tell you what you want to hear. Somebody that's gonna keep it real with you, but you gotta have enough respect for them too to be able to to, to know to that listen. what they're telling you is real and listen. Yeah. Yeah, that's good advice. That's good yeah. advice, baby. Um, so my advice to the women would be, um, I think it's on my oh, heart. To hold t- up, mm-hmm. and keep your goddamn hands to yourself. Oh yeah, for sure. That's yeah, yeah. Keep your hands to yourself on both sides. On both sides, yeah. Because yeah, women, you can be hitting too. 
Um, I think my advice to the women would be, um, it's okay to be soft. And what I mean by that is like, sometimes women, like, especially in today's society, we have like this hard shell. We just got to be hard all the time. We feel like we got to be hard all the time. And your relationship, like, it's okay to be soft. It's okay to say like, I need these things. It's okay to, to put your guard down. And by doing that, like, you know, it allows for your, your spouse or, uh, your partner to be able to step in and fulfill the like the needs that you do have. And I feel like sometimes so many arguments happen early on because you don't want to tell the person how you feel. They don't want to tell you how you, they feel. And then y'all are both button heads all the time. But what if you sat down on the bed and you were just like, baby, I need to talk to you. When you did this, this is how this made me feel. And I don't want to feel that way with you because I want to feel safe in our relationship. Like, when that maturity sets in and you start having discussions like that, then automatically the other person hopefully should, hopefully, then that allows them to be soft and be like, dang, baby, I didn't mean to make you feel that way. Whereas if you're not soft, then that can come across like, you don't fucking talk to me like that. <laughs> and then y'all are going back and forth. You know, you don't tell me how to F and talk. So you're going back and forth. So I would say it's important to be soft. And yeah, but see, and we, this should be a podcast by itself because... Man, you can't be taking advantage of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I realized? Now that we're talking about that, and I know we already passed the 30-minute mark, but we're going to run it if you're cool with that. We, the best times we had in our relationship were when you trusted me the most on all on all levels. Hmm. Because what I realized is when that, when, when, when we lead, you know, and are able to be trusted, it's easy for our partner, our spouse, to be vulnerable. But if it ain't no trust, why, why, how you going to feel comfortable being vulnerable to me? Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and when we see that vulnerability, we also can't take advantage of that, too. You know, man, be vulnerable, too. You feel me? Like, you ain't got to be vulnerable to the world, but it's good to share that emotion with, mm-hmm. with your lady. And that's or what you, I was saying. Or you saying. do whatever y'all into. It's a, it's a mirror. Like, the more you're vulnerable, the more it allows for your partner to be vulnerable as well. Cause I think, and you just gotta watch how you say stuff too. Yeah. Like that's a that's a big thing. Most like, arguments come from high state of emotion and a misunderstanding. Y- yeah, like it's just you just gotta watch how you say, and it just takes for one person to just like, mm-hmm. if we didn't have those conversations, we'll just be like, okay, let's go to the room, and then we'll have the conversation, and then we would literally, um, one time, I think I can't remember, I can't remember what happened, but something happened. We talked about in the previous episode when you told the kids something, and you said and that goes for you too, Courtney. Mm. <laughs> So, of course, I was like, ooh, who do you think you're talking to? But, that was out of line, though. But I didn't say it in front of the kids. I was, like, just holding that broom, like, with Dev's hands, like, with a big old grill. But I didn't say anything in front of the kids. And then I was like, can I talk to you for a second? We went to the room. We had a conversation about it. Still didn't see eye to eye. But that didn't turn into an argument. It was just still, like, we wasn't, you didn't understand why I was upset about it. I think it took like three days before, like finally, I said something some kind of way. It probably was ego. I didn't want to think I was wrong. Mm. If I'm gonna be real, mm. but this is also hindsight. Yeah. Okay. That's that's good. That's good. Another thing too, like, uh, so I'm I'm a life coach, and what I usually tell people is like, uh, look at your partner or your spouse. Is that the person you want to go to war with, or is that the person that y'all fight on the same team? And you with them because, assumably, y'all want to be on the same team. Mm -hmm. So, why do you take the person that you partners with to the battlefield and fight against them Mm -hmm. instead of going to the discussion table? 
Right. So instead of taking that person to the battlefield, go to the discussion table and learn how to talk about the differences maturely, mm-hmm. respectfully. So that way, you know, if y'all do have to go to war, you go on a war together against an opposite opponent. Mm-hmm. Not 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 taking each other out there and, and having that, that battle. Right. Which all ties into how you talk to each other, like you were saying. Like, keep your hands to yourself and watch how you talk. Like, sometimes, like, you got to learn how to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, my both, gosh. Both, yeah. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, not woman, not man. I'm not saying women shut up. I'm saying everyone needs to learn when to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just, just jointly. It just you think about arguments and it's just because like oh you didn't put your clothes in the in dirty clothes hamper you put them here oh well that ain't no big deal yes it is a big deal no it ain't a big deal and how much time the, is wasted. how much time is wasted just doing that stupid mess whereas like as crazy as it sounds let's just think about doing this for a second when you do this it makes me feel like I'm just a maid or like I'm the only one who's doing these things could you please meet me halfway and do this yeah I got it babe. Now, granted, if they do it again, obviously, that I don't know how that conversation going to be. Put it in the tub and put bleach on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me stop. Don't be encouraging nobody to do that stupid. Hey, I'm just kidding, y'all. Don't, don't. Just don't kidding, do Mumu. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thank y'all for vibing with us for this uh, extra couple minutes that we gave y'all here. Um, y'all eating the podcast up. We appreciate it so much. Um, we appreciate all the input. We really do. And we'll see y'all next week. Ciao.